fighting for freedom every day. Republicans right now, the conservatives, which unfortunately, this is what we have to do every time, even after a vote where people are sick and tired of the establishment, they're sick and tired of the squeezy, middle-of-the-road, squishy kind of Republican rhinos, and we vote conservatives in, then we have to fight tooth and nail in D.C. to actually be heard within the Republican Party. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hey, John Wright, it is. Welcome into the program. What's up? It's a Monday, greatest day of the entire week. And can you believe it, man? We are officially one week away from Memorial Weekend, the celebrations, the barbecuing, the lake the whatever else you like to enjoy during Memorial Weekend. A week from today, is it really that time already? Golly, the time flies on right on by. Welcome into a broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas on our flagship radio station. We are all over the country, multiple radio stations, TV, live streaming, podcasting, however you watch or listen to the show. What's up? We love you to death. Your Millennial General reporting for duty like we do every single day. First and foremost, programming notes, if you hear a pause... Don't worry, I am battling the voice in the throat. Of course, every time I even get the slightest cold, it always settles right in the throat. So we're trying to battle that right now. A little bit weak in the voice, but we're powering through, man. So we got a lot to talk about today, and we're not going to let it stop us. We don't stop here on this show. We just continue to battle through whatever it takes. Coming up, bottom of the hour, we have Mike Hill. He is with the John Burchett Society, also with the New American, thenewamerican.com. Which you can find. He's also a former state representative from the state of Florida. We're going to talk about uh, the home mortgage plan from the Biden administration. Yeah, you remember us talking about that one, where Joe Biden apparently has officially created a subsidized socialist policy. If you have a mortgage and if you have a high credit score, then you're going to see an additional fee on your mortgage to subsidize through their program a quote unquote at risk or higher risk borrower from someone maybe of the millennial generation, maybe someone who's really bad with credit, to have a better chance of actually borrowing money or getting a mortgage to be able to get a home and purchase some type of home wherever it may be. So uh, while we're going through a banking and financial crisis right now in the nation, apparently the best uh, plan of action for the Bidens is to make the banks take on even more of at-risk borrowers with a program to subsidize that based on you. Now, you don't have to have a lot of money You're just going to have to pay more because it's not about how much income you have or the value of your home. It's strictly going to be if you have a high credit score and if you have a mortgage, then obviously because you have a high credit score, you're responsible with your finances. So you need to be subsidized and pay for uh, someone else to get a home that's not good at finances because that is the smart thing to do in the market. Yeah, we'll talk with Mike Hill about that at the bottom of the hour. Hopefully everybody had a great weekend. It was a wonderful one. Got to enjoy. Got a lot done. As always, man, I I realize I never actually rest. I'm always doing something, and I think that's finally what caught up to me. So we have some really cool stuff going on, and we'll announce that a little bit later. Big news today, though. Holy cow. Uh, This is going to be the week, man. I've told you, make or break. This is going to be the week to pay attention to on many different fronts, as one of them today... What's trending today? Made an official announcement of some big stuff going on. No, let's uh, let's try that again. Uh, some big stuff going on with big news today. I'm announcing today that I'm running for president of the United States of America. 
<laughs> that was Tim Scott as he's made his official announcement for president on the Republican side. And look, I'm a big fan of Tim Scott. I think that he's a great senator. I think that he's doing great things for the country. Whether he can actually top the excitement of a Donald Trump campaign, I don't know. According to the polls right now, he's in single digits. But every time that you make an announcement, you see a bit of a boost. People start paying attention to you a little bit more, and maybe he could pull it off. Now, his entire campaign tactic is a little bit different from Donald Trump of the establishment's evil. We need to you know, burn the place down and start over. We need to expose everybody for the evil corruption. He's taking a little bit different tactic, a little bit more political, uh, politically savvy tactic, I guess you could say. He's trying to be the Mr. Nice Guy. Joe Biden's not really going the right direction, but we still live in a super awesome country and we just need to kind of tweak a few things and I'm just going to be super sweet and super nice. I don't know how well that will resonate with a very angry Republican Party, especially with some of the debt ceiling talks that we're having right now. But at the same time, he has a great success story of who he is, where he came from, how he grew up and how he got to the position that he is today, showing the true American dream. And I applaud him for that, and especially I applaud him for going on the national stage and even trying whether he gets the nomination or not, the fact that he's trying and promoting his vision and showing what it can do for every American in a world where all we hear about is if you're a different skin color or a different gender or a different sexual orientation or a different religion, then all of a sudden you're a victim of society. And he's proving that otherwise, and Democrats hate the fact that they have success stories that aren't under their umbrella. But the reason they don't have any success stories is because they don't allow any success stories by keeping the glass ceiling on everybody. So Tim Scott pulling no punches when it comes to his campaign ads that are already underway. On this day, April 12, 1861, in this harbor, the first shots of the Civil War were fired. And our country faced the defining moment. Would we truly be one nation under God, indivisible with liberty and justice for all? America's soul was put to the test, and we prevailed. Today, our country is once again being tested. Once again, our divisions run deep and the threat to our future is real. Joe Biden and the radical left have chosen a culture of grievance over greatness. They're promoting victimhood instead of personal responsibility. And they're indoctrinating our children to believe we live in an evil country. And all too often, when they get called out for their failures, they weaponize race to divide us to hold on to their power. When I fought back against their liberal agenda, they called me a prop, a token, because I disrupt their narrative. I threaten their control. They know the truth of my life disproves their lies. There it is. So the video goes on for like three minutes. We don't need to air the entire thing, but it's an interesting story, and it's a great success story of what the American dream is all about, and God bless him for jumping into that race. I don't know, again, whether he's going to make it or not. Uh, he's definitely an interesting candidate to see and where this could go. Now, according to the latest polls, this was before he had officially announced, but with the rumor that he potentially could. This is at the end of last week, going into the 18th, 19th, and 20th of May. Donald Trump, according to uh, the 538 project still had a commanding lead over any other Republican candidate in that presidential race with uh, being over, uh, let's see here, Ron DeSantis, 58 to 16. That's a big one. Trump over Nikki Haley, 
who has yet to officially announce as well, 78 to 22. Trump over Ron DeSantis on this one, 65 to 35. Trump over Mike Pence, 77 to 23. And Trump over Tim Scott, 79 to 21. So uh, Donald Trump still with that stronghold in the Republican Party, but anything could change. It's still early. The fact that we're talking about a presidential race a year and a half away from the actual election is pretty wild. Many uh, states are getting ready for their primary races in March and April of next year. So we're just under a year away from those uh, here in Kansas. I believe it's the end of March where we just officially announced ours uh, going into next year. So we have a long road ahead of us. But at the same time, how do you make your impression? And it sounds like he's going to be using that success story of I am a a minority individual from the South and look at the great success that I've been able to see because of the greatness of this nation. Now he has millions of dollars that he's sinking into his original campaign ads that are running in New Hampshire and Iowa for those beginning straw polls and caucuses moving forward. It's going to be interesting. I don't want to spend a lot of time on it, but that's one of the big breaking stories that just happened earlier today that was anticipated. We wrapped up the show on Friday with that story as well. On the other front, and I said this is going to be the big kahuna here. What's trending today? According to Breitbart News, Kevin McCarthy is officially, as of about 45 minutes ago, in talks with Joe Biden now that he has returned from his G7 summit. And I love how the media has reported on Joe Biden where he's now sitting down with Republicans and continuing his conversations on debt ceiling negotiations. He walked away from those debt ceiling negotiations when he left on Thursday last week for the G7 summit in Japan while everything's about ready to burn here in the United States. We are about to close down the government, which I'm totally okay with. Again, (laughs) have no problem with it on my front, but we're about ready to shut down the government on June 1st. We have not come to a debt ceiling uh, debate or at least some type of middle ground or at least a conversation starter where we can find some common ground to move forward with. We're still on the Republican side saying, hey, we can raise the debt ceiling a little bit if we cut spending. Democrats say that's a non-starter and we just need to raise the debt ceiling, period, end of story. And I have a new theory about this, but on your tinfoil hats for just a second. According to Kevin McCarthy, he says that Joe Biden is starting to become open to the idea of doing some type of government cuts, some type of government spending restrictions, or even putting in place the restrictions on the workforce in order for you to have more work requirements in order for you to qual- excuse me to qualify for the social programs uh, and uh, Social Security or WIC or everything else, unemployment, that you may get uh, with those additional work requirements. Uh, requirements. Democrats say absolutely not. Now they're angry at him as well. So Kevin McCarthy showing a little bit of optimism, but at the same time saying this. If you come to an agreement, it takes time to write it. Uh, in the House, we change the rules here. We, we make sure you get 72 hours so everybody can read it. Um, then you pass it in the House and you send it to the Senate. I think the Senate could probably act faster than I thought in the past. Uh, but we're going to need a couple days to write it and to make sure that everyone's able to read it and vote on it. Now, hold on a second. I thought Republicans passed a bill. I thought the House of Representatives passed a bill that was their bill that would slow the growth of the government and only allow it to grow by 1% over the next few years. It would actually go back to the spending uh, cycles of 2022. It would get rid of the student loan forgiveness program. It would actually get things a little bit more back on track, utilizing some of the COVID-19 funding that hasn't been utilized in some way, shape, or form. I thought we already had a plan. That's a good starting point. Now, Democrats said no, but that's where we draw the hard line and say, sorry, I don't care what you say. We have to do something, and this is what we're going to do. 
But according to that uh, comment by Kevin McCarthy as he was walking into the White House just a little bit ago, sa- essentially says that while we're starting from ground zero again, we're starting from scratch. We're going to rewrite something from absolutely nothing because that's all we have. And Democrats don't want this one. Now, with Joe Biden supposedly open to the idea of negotiations by understanding he's only got a week left here before something needs to happen. And Janet Yellen with the Treasury Department losing her mind, saying that we're going to default and all this bad stuff's going to happen and we're all going to die in the streets. Here's the conspiracy theory of the day. Put on the tinfoil hat for a second. Democrats in the Senate are absolutely adamant that there will be no negotiation on government spending cuts in any way, shape, or form. In fact, they knew and now have a talking point that's floating out there that all the Democrats are pushing. Good old Adam Schiff just posted on his social media and his tweety as well, uh, saying that this is a very simple conversation, that Republicans under Donald Trump cut taxes for the wealthy, that lowered the revenue for the government, and therefore it's Republicans' fault for the fact that we're defaulting because we don't have as much government revenue coming in through taxes. So therefore, it's Republicans' fault. They want to compensate for that by cutting spending when it's all Republicans' fault and we just need to get back to where we need to by taxing the rich and making them pay their fair share. That's their new talking point. And every Democrat's out there blasting it out, again, setting that hard line to refuse to negotiate government cuts. Here's the theory. They know that Joe Biden's open to the negotiation because that's what needs to happen in a government where we negotiate. Are they trying to sabotage the Joe Biden administration to make it default a little bit or throw the economy into chaos a little bit? And while they try to blame Republicans, it also heavily falls on Joe Biden, forcing him out of the presidential race next year because they don't want him as the leader, making him look bad and not a strong leader for the Democrat Party. Interesting. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Fighting for freedom every day. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Welcome back into a 24 minutes past the hour radio, TV, live streaming, podcasting, however you watch or listen to the program. What's up? Happy Monday as we continue on. So we have, we know deep down the Democrats do not want Joe Biden to be their nomination uh, nominee and president in 2024. They don't like him. They don't want him. They realize he's bad for the country. They realize he's bad for the party, bad for the movement, bad for the vision because of his elderliness because of his mental state because of his policies whatever they know that he cannot be the candidate but he's been the first one to jump in and he's ready to go he's gung-ho about it baby i am ready to be president again for a second term so now as we go into the debt ceiling debates and republicans have been playing this nicely and i gotta give massive credits pat yourself on the back brother kevin mccarthy speaker of the house uh for the way he's handled this thing i would like him to be a little more feisty But the nice card that he's been playing, the we passed a bill, let's negotiate, let's sit at the table. I've been trying so hard to sit at the table. It's their fault for not coming to me because I've been trying to go to them. That has worked, I think, very well. And the media, while they're trying to be like, well, you guys at the end of the day are going to have to take the hit on this, uh, they realize that, yeah, Republicans actually have been uh, proactive to this, at least more so than the Democrats have been. So now it goes back to the Democrats. What are you going to do? Are you going to start from scratch and do nothing? And just let it blow up and try to blame Republicans, which is the typical way Democrats do it. Either get on board with us or else. Or are you going to come up with your own plan and actually sit down at the table? 
But to them, if they do that, that means they've lost because they actually have to compromise something of their own values. And to them, that's very, that's very sad for them. They don't like that very much. So, uh, But while Joe Biden, now that he's open to the idea because Republicans for the first time have actually shown a backbone to this point so far, and hopefully they continue to do so, because they've shown that, Democrats, especially Joe Biden, are like, all right, what can we do here? According to Kevin McCarthy, he's beginning to be open to the idea of putting additional work requirements in. He's open to the idea of actually some government limitations on spending. He's open to some of the ideas to at least get something done so we don't default. Democrats, on the other hand, need to realize that that's the case as well, but they're not, which means either they're extremely delusional and so hard-nosed and such these spoiled brat children they refuse to do anything in compromise, or... They realize that if they allow things to be a disaster, at least for a short time, then they kind of kill two birds with one stone, don't they? Number one, Republicans will probably collapse and probably cave because that's been the history of the Republican Party. So they're going to bank on that and throw the dice in their gambling. They're going to throw the dice and say, you know what, after a day or two of the government shutdown and us controlling the media, controlling the narrative, we can bully the Republicans into caving and renegotiating a different term. That's number one. Number two, at the end of the day, Donald uh, uh, that Joe Biden is still president of the United States and that he will majoritively get blamed from the vast majority of the American public, regardless of what the media says, even though they have their talking points in their agenda, that Joe Biden will predominantly get blamed for this. And if he does, that'll just be another notch of a failure under his administration to show how he cannot be qualified to run for president again for the opportunity for a better candidate on the Democrat side like Gavin Newsom or somebody else, to slide right on in there. Is this the plan the Democrats have? Trying to kill two birds with one stone, trying to make both of their enemies, Joe Biden and the Republican Party, look bad while they sit there on their high hill and refuse to talk or negotiate or do anything else other than raise the debt ceiling period end of story. Why would they try to propose the 14th Amendment for Joe Biden to do it through executive power when very clearly... And very constitutionally does it say that the Congress, specifically the House of Representatives, has the power of the purse and has the ability to collect taxes and pay the debts. Period. End of story. Read Article 1 of the Constitution. It does not give the executive power the authority to do that. But for them to advocate the 14th Amendment that has nothing to do with this because that was one based on equality issues, ending slavery, and ending segregation, that was an issue that has nothing to do with the debt unless you actually accrue a bunch of debt during a civil war or uprising, which we do not have. Therefore, that is null and void. Are Democrats trying to sabotage Joe Biden to make him look like a buffoon to get him out of the way in 2024? When Reason Meets Radio, this is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yeah, darn right it is. Welcome back into the program. Thanks for hanging out today. It's a Monday going into, I know you're already in holiday mode. I know you are. The warm weather's here. Springtime, Memorial Weekend right around the corner. You are wanting to get your stuff done and get out and enjoy. Let's carpe diem all over this place. What do you say, baby? Welcome into a radio, TV, live streaming, and podcasting. Trying to cram that 10 pounds of reason into that five-pound bag. Trying to rebrand the millennial generation. One radio listener at a time. Before we get to our guests, I have to read this real quickly. 
This is hilarious. I love. You want to see how far the left has gone. And we'll get back into the uh, economic issue real quick and the budgetary issue in just a minute and our next topic, which is fascinating. We've been talking about it, a complete disaster from the Biden administration. But real quickly on the wokeness going on here, I love this is a headline from Fox News about how Caitlyn Jenner, you know, Caitlyn Jenner, Bruce Jenner, yeah, the, the track guy, the world champion, the athlete who um, now is trying to be a female, responds as transgender teenager finished second in the meets of championship races in California with a tweet saying, uh, as somewhat of a track star myself and a trans person, this is wrong. Help me push back with the link to fairnessfirst.us uh, with the story about a male high school student that would have finished last for boys in the 1600-meter race, came in second for girls, and stole a state title race spot from a deserving girl. Look at the fourth-place girl in the picture. She's upset. This was a tweet from Clay Travis that Caitlyn Jenner had has shared out and said how wrong this is. Now no longer the golden child of the left side of the aisle and the icon of what trans individuals are supposed to represent. Hold on a second. You're now, uh, they've gone after, they are vicious against Caitlyn Jenner about how bad that Caitlyn has betrayed the trans movement when just a few years ago, I seem to remember how angry they used to get when we didn't praise Caitlyn Jenner. This kind of transphobic and bigoted hate speech isn't going to... I thought we were all on board that Caitlyn Jenner is an amazing, beautiful woman who had the exquisite bravery of a butterfly flying against the wind. And then this comes out of people's mouths. <laughs> uh, if you ever watch South Park, you'll get that reference. But that's the way they used to be. Caitlyn Jenner was the most amazing person on the face of the earth. And now, how dare you betray our movement? How dare you do it? How dare you do it? I love it. Let's get into what's trending. What do you say? What's trending today? So as you know, we've been talking about throughout the last couple of weeks, this new proposal from the Biden administration. What a disaster this is. This is, I mean, you want to talk about already with the banks failing and the banks not being able to have sustainable money in uh, for them to continue on. Uh, near 200 banks across the nation looking to fail. Well, apparently one of the grand solutions from the Biden administration is to subsidize individuals to become home buyers, meaning we're going to start a program from the government to help fund people who don't know how to handle their finances, who can't afford to get a home, who don't have the credit score to get a home, who are extremely high-risk borrowers that banks would not touch with a 10-foot pole. We're now going to subsidize them to become home buyers through a program paid for by you. And it's not because you have money, but it's because you have a mortgage and you have a high credit score. Say what? Oh, yes. If you have a high credit score, then that tells the government that you have done well with your credit. You've paid your bills. You haven't defaulted on stuff. And therefore, you're responsible with your money. Let's put an extra fee on your mortgage in order for you to subsidize someone who's not fiscally responsible, who doesn't pay their bills, and who may have defaulted on stuff. To talk about some of this and more, excited to have back on the program. He's from the John Birch Society. You can find it at jbs.org. He's also a former state representative from the great state of Florida as well. Good to have back on the program, Mr. Mike Hill. Mike, how are you, my friend? Andy, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me again. Yeah, it's great to have you on here. What a disaster of a program. This I've never, I mean, you want to talk about socialism to the nth degree to say, hey, even if you don't have money, you have a good credit score, which means you're responsible. We're going to fine you to pay for someone who's not responsible so they can buy a home and then wonder when the real estate bubble is going to burst again because everybody's defaulting on their mortgages. Andy, it, it makes no sense, and it's utterly unbelievable how tone-deaf that the Biden administration is right now. Here we are in an 
economic situation of rampant inflation, the cost of purchasing homes going up everywhere, and their solution for it is a socialist doctrine of taking from the rich and giving to the poor, this doctrine of trying to control the means of production and giving loans is a product trying to control the means of production by making those who have a high credit score, they did everything right. Worked hard, got a good job, pay their bills on time, pay down their debt. They are going to make them pay higher fees. This is through the Federal Housing Finance Agency. Any loans that were purchased by Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, you're going to pay higher fees But those who have a lower credit score, for whatever reason, you know, you're you're late making your payments on your car, your credit card, or maybe a a previous mortgage that you're on, that you are going to have um, less fees than those with good credit scores. And to pay for that are those with the good credit scores with those higher fees, they're going to give that to those with the lower credit scores so their fees won't be as much. It is utterly insane, Andy. And I can't understand why they think that this is going to work. I mean, what could go wrong? (laughs) We'll take money from the rich and give it to the poor. It doesn't work. Socialism has never worked. Anywhere has been tried around the planet. And what makes these brilliant people think that they have finally figured out how to make socialism work is beyond me. It is a disaster in the making. It is a complete disaster in the making. I almost thought it was a joke the first time I heard it, but then we realized that it was a legitimate policy that they're trying to push here. Uh, And there's so many different angles that we could take at this. So let's start with the consumer in the fact that, like you said, I mean, just redistribution, how bad could this possibly be? Where did this concept even come from? I know that the younger generation, look, I'm 34, I'm a millennial, I have my own home. Uh, But I know my generation predominantly does not have home ownership and that home ownership is going down because more people are wanting to rent or get an apartment or just live at home and consolidate with other members of the family because it's either too expensive or they have too much debt. Is this the way for them to try and compensate for that? I mean, what was the purpose for even them to come out with this plan? I I think the purpose of doing it, Andy, if you boil it all the way down, it has to deal with politics. And I think what the Biden administration is trying to do, as most Democrats try to do, is make you dependent on the government for your needs and your well-being. And when you you see that you can get this largest from the government and who it's coming from, those on the left, the Democrats, then you're more likely to vote for them to keep them in office or even to elect new people in office who lean towards this leftist socialist ideology. I think that is the purpose behind all of this, is that they are trying to make more people dependent on the government who will then vote for those who will continue giving them uh, these handouts, which essentially is what it is. Yeah. I mean, here is someone who uh, did well in school, or even if you did average in school and you get a good job, you work hard, you pay your bills on time. And that is not easy in today's economy. 
with inflation running crazy, and it's higher than what the government is telling us. The government is saying, what, inflation is around 5 6% is what they're saying. You tell that to the mom who goes to the grocery store who's trying to buy uh, a loaf of bread and a dozen eggs. It's much more than 5 to 7% higher than what she was paying last year. Yeah. And so here are people who are working hard, trying to make ends meet. And so now that uh, interest rates are going up and they want to purchase a home, and, oh, here's the other thing, uh, Andy, about all this. You won't be told that you're paying more than somebody who has a lower credit score. It'll just be part of your closing costs. It'll just be part of the fees. Wow. They, they won't tell you why or where it's coming from. So you go to apply for this loan, and you're seeing that it's going to cost you uh, more than if you had applied for it before this stupid rule came in place, you know, and, and you, all you can do is shrug your shoulders and say, I still can't afford it. Yeah. Or if I do afford it, it's going to make it even harder so that uh, it, now it'll be more difficult to have to buy food and clothing for my family. Uh, Andy, it's utterly amazing. And what we have to do, we have to do, we have to have those within the industry the mortgage industry, the mortgage brokers. We have to have uh, the realtors and those associations that are with those organizations push back against this. Tell the Biden administration, the FHSA, that no, this is not going to work. And how on earth are you going to administer it? Who's going to calculate all these fees? And, and when? Who's going to calculate these uh, who's going to collect these fees and then distribute it to someone else? It, it's untenable, and they need to drop it. Yeah, they have to drop this. This is yeah, this is a a joke of an administration to even try and propose something like this. It's weird though too that it's happening at like you said a time where interest rates are higher and the amount of people applying for mortgages is going down because it's so expensive. So maybe in their weird mind as well, instead of actually continuing to battle lowering inflation by I don't know, cutting spending or, you know, not printing money ad nauseum like that, then we just create a new program to get more people to buy homes that probably shouldn't be, which is going to lead to another uh, uh, financial or real estate bubble to burst here in the relatively near future as well. We're talking with Mike Hill, the John Birch Society, jbs.org. we got to take a hard break here. When we come back, I want to continue this conversation on how we fight this, what it could mean not only for the consumer, but for the real estate market, for the government, and for just the economy as a whole as we continue to go to, I don't know, a debt ceiling debate by next week. Lots more coming up. Stay here. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Fighting for freedom every day. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. All right, it is. Welcome back into the program. Thanks for hanging out with us today on a Monday, the last few minutes of the program. This insanity of a bill proposal from the Biden administration subsidizing your mortgage or you subsidizing somebody else's through your mortgage with the fee that you'll be paying on a monthly basis. Nothing you can do about it at the closing. Just, oh, hey, by the way, there's another line item with an additional 20, 30, 50, 100 bucks, whatever it may be on your mortgage every month just to cover somebody else that may have a lower credit score so that way they can buy a home as well 
at a time when the banks are collapsing and there's a financial economic uncertainty in the future, is that really the best thing to do in the market? We're hanging out with Mike Hill right now, the John Burchett Society, jbs.org. You can check out their website uh, as they continue to fight the good fight as well. Mike, let's talk about uh, that side of it and from the banking side, obviously, with the instability in the banks. How many banks are actually going to want to start taking these mortgages from people with low credit scores that may qualify for this program but yet have a very rocky history with their credit and paying bills on time. We're already seeing a lot of banks close. Why the heck would they want to take up these lo- these guys? Well, they, they wouldn't, uh, Andy, and that's the whole point. But if they're going to do business with the Federal Housing Finance Agency, with Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, they would be forced to. Now, wow. what's amazing is that you would think that the Biden administration would have learned a lesson from back in 2008 when we had the housing market bubble and crash. And the reason all of that happened was because they were allowing people who did not have good credit, who uh, did not have good credit scores, they were allowing them to purchase homes, mortgages, with very low to zero down payments based on even if they have poor credit scores. And then Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac were buying these loans. They would then take these loans and collateralize them, put them into different blocks, groups, collateralize these loans, and then sell them on the market. And they were being bought. And then when these people who had poor credit or no credit at all who were buying these loans could not afford to pay their mortgages. So they, they, they defaulted on, the, on, on making those payments on their mortgages, and their homes had to be repossessed. Well, this was happening in the tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of times. And as those who were defaulting on these uh, loans and these CMOs, collateralized mortgage obligations, which were put together in groups, as an entire group would fail, all of a sudden, those CMOs became uh, 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 what's the word I want? Uh, uh, oh gosh, they they became useless. Why can't I think of that word? They became useless <laughs> because everyone who was a part of those CMOs had defaulted on their loans, and so there was a huge crash yeah. in our housing market. What we are seeing is the possibility of a repeat when those who have low credit scores are being allowed to purchase homes by taking um, the fees from those who have high credit scores, giving it to those with low credit scores. And again, they have a much higher potential of defaulting on those loans. Well, Freddie... Freddie Mac and Fannie Mae are going to sell those loans again. I hope the market will not be so stupid as to buy into it again, because those loans are ripe for default, which could again create another housing market collapse. It's insane that the left does not understand economics. 
Yeah, well, they have AOC as their leading charge for that one, so I guess you can applaud them for that. Uh, Mike, we got just about 30, 40 seconds here as we wrap up, but as we continue right now to see the prices of homes slowly increase because of inflation, when do you, if this goes into effect, God forbid, when do you potentially see this bubble bursting and the housing market start dropping in value again? It could take a year to 18 months Hmm. for it to actually cause the crash, Andy. Uh, it, it might take a little bit longer, maybe two years, because of people defaulting on their loans. But at any rate, it will cause a market crash if it is put in place. It's going to be devastating. we got to fight this one tooth and nail. If you are involved in the real estate industry, be aware of this one and fight this one with every bit that you possibly have. It's Mike Hill, John Birch Society, JBS.org. Mike, it's great to get you back on the program again, my friend. Let's do it again soon. Be glad to, Andy. Thank you. And likewise, always a pleasure. We'll get you on again real soon. That does it for us today. Podcast up in just a little bit. We have one heck of a week lined up as we get you set for your Memorial Weekend. Until then, be your own voice of reason. Be that catalyst for change. That's what it's all about. It's time for you to speak up, speak out, speak loud, speak proud, speak the truth, and always speak some reason. This is the voice of reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. Have a great afternoon. We'll see you on the radio.